Welcome back to the JXW Podcast. I am your host, Jay Poetics, and I am yet again here with a returning guest, um, Mike Pinino. Mike Pinino, how are you doing today? And I'm doing good. It's been a good day so far. So with this conversation, I want to talk about, first of all, since the last time we talked, you released a new song. Tell, tell me about what that song is about and, and how did you come about it? So that song is called Coming Through. And it was a song that I uh, did with a guy named Zay Hill. And uh, the beat is by Patrick McMillan. And when I was writing lyrics to the song, um, at least when I was starting with the hook, the phrase that just kept coming to mind was coming through or coming through. Mm. And so I just started writing. And more so when I'm thinking about we, I'm thinking about the church, we're coming through. Um, I wanted it to be like an anthem type song for believers. Yeah. Like, hey, we're coming through with the gospel. We're coming through. Uh, we put in work. I know that might be controversial to some people to say the church actually puts in work. But <laughs> but if we look at history, throughout history, a lot of the good that we see in our world happened because of the church. And obviously, people in the church have done evil things. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But God's people, those who have been genuine in their faith walk and striving for righteousness— um, they, they've really put work into the world and really put care and stuff into a world like modern day hospitals are the results of Christians. Um, scientific, uh, method was really something that Christians started because they wanted to get to know the world around them better because they believe God created it to understand it. And there's all kinds of things that the church has really put in work on and not even just talking about now with helping the least of these, like the poor and the widows and those who are homeless. Um, there, there's a lot of work that the church actually puts into effect, but you never really hear about it because that's not um, popular media. <laughs> yeah. Like media thrives off of negativity and what's going wrong in the world. So they love to talk when the church does something wrong, but they rarely talk about when the church does good stuff because it doesn't make them money. It doesn't get them publicity or streams or views and and this is something that just recently i talked in the podcast about um an episode i recently did was named maybe you're the problem right and i was basically divulging into the point where unbelievers it's very easy for them to not follow christ when they see a problem with it when they like encounter something and i was really going through that episode trying to like expound on the fact that hey maybe we're the problem and i believe that a lot of these things that we see in the world heavily influenced by the church and we've done great works in the church i can speak for my church you can speak for your church we have done so much good in society that it gets overshadowed by all the christians who they don't really profess god like wholeheartedly right and all those things just it it overshadows all the good that the church does so i want you to speak about via this song how in your opinion how can we as a church like really spread the gospel but also correct those who maybe not are following god to their whole heart how can we do that like it honestly, like this might sound funny, but if I was to break down my verse, I feel like I could pull out some things on that. Like the beginning of the verse, I start off with saying in thesis, we follow Jesus because he saved us, mm. brought life to our carcass. So like 
I think the big thing is we have to remember as believers that if we've trusted in Christ, he saved us, that He's he loves us. He was willing to love us and die for us, whether we accepted or rejected him or not. Yeah. And we should, if we're claiming to believe in Jesus, we're claiming to follow him. We're claiming to follow his ways, his, his culture, his kingdom, his values, uh, the way he loves, like, that's the big thing. Jesus said, if the world's going to, the world's going to recognize we belong to him by how we love one another and the way we love one another is the way that he's loved us. Yeah. And then I continue with the verse saying, do what you want, boy, come in with the Illinois of freedom, like Illinois freedom ain't a toy. And I think a lot of times we, I think the Apostle Paul hits on it a lot in Galatians, but don't use the freedom you have in Christ to indulge in your flesh, to indulge in selfishness. Wow. Like we need to use what we've been blessed with and use it to bless others. Um, because I keep going with the verse where it says, it's a joy we ought to share and talk about freedom. Do you even care about your peers? Do you even bear any fruit? Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. And like at the core of it, do you even care about the people around you? Mm. because because the lord cares about the people around you if you really cared about the people around you you would you would love them more than what you want to happen like well i've heard this at times in our church but you should we shouldn't strive to win an argument or the conversation we we should strive to win the person Mm. so regardless of what the conversation's about obviously be about truth but if somebody's hurting it's not about you being able to just point out, hi, you're hurting. Hi, I win. But like, okay, you're hurting. How can I help you? Yeah. Um, what do you need right now? Um, whether it's physical uh, pain or spiritual pain or uh, psychological, emotional pain, um, like, we, like we should be striving to care for one another. Yeah. And then I mentioned, uh, continue with my verse, we came to recruit catch a body for the body that tomb holds no body so like we came to recruit like recruit recruiting people into the family of god we're trying to be disciple makers who make disciples like and the way we do that is by caring for people and through the fruit that god produces in us and the fruit that god produces in us that paul mentions that it should be love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control yeah and so if we're actually growing it's not like we can say if we're a believer i'm just not a patient person like that's not who you are in christ like god's given you the ability to be patient the question is have you tapped into that as we as christians we have our belief in god right we we have all the freedom but we should not be comfortable in that freedom like we should not be like so comfortable that we just lose sight of the, the the vision of where we should go as Christians and how we should react in church. And I feel like that's the real disconnect where Christians in church, or at least a, a, a small majority, I'm not going to put it on everybody, but a, sm- a small majority of people of faith, they become so comfortable at where they are God-wise that they start finagling around and, and, and start going drifting away from the honest truth of what we should do as Christians. And I believe that that is so destructive because 
um, mentioning unbelievers and, and all this stuff and people who coming to the faith, they don't even know what this faith thing is. This is they're just like they're testing it out. Unbelievers and those people, they see those things. They see us as comfortable and they're like, uh, I, uh, I don't know if I want to fully invest myself into this God thing. So yeah. I want to talk about like really make statements here. Like, what would you say to the comfortable Christian? How would you like, what would you say to get them on edge and to pursue God with all their heart, their might, their strength, everything? What would you say to somebody who's a Christian and maybe too comfortable? Man, like there's a lot of things that come to mind, but I would say, don't forget your first love talking about the Lord. Like don't forget what Jesus literally did for you. Like, if you need to re go back and like restudy, refresh yourself, listen to songs or pot, whatever about it, like yeah. Jesus literally went to the cross and he also got scourged for us. We overlooked that a lot of times, meaning that he got hit with 39 lashes where it would rip his skin apart and then crowned with thorns that got pierced through his head. Mm. Um, and then after being pierced and ripped to shreds, uh, some of the soldiers mockingly threw a uh, robe around him and mocked him like, oh, look at you, a king, haha. But could you imagine being a robe being put on you and then being ripped off you, like yeah. with all the scabs that you possibly had on your body? And then on top of that, now you got to carry your cross to where you're going to be crucified and you get nailed to it. Like it wasn't necessary. I don't think it would have been nailed through your hands. It would have been nailed through your wrist to hold you tighter. And so could you imagine all that pain that he went through for that? And then the pain of the nails going through his heels mm -hmm. to keep his legs in check. And sometimes we forget um, the, the, the cause of death when you're crucified is suffocation. Yeah. Because your weight's pulling your body down and your rib cage starts going down and you got you, to be able to breathe. You have to pull yourself back up to breathe. But after a certain amount of time, you're going to be losing strength. You're losing consciousness. You're losing blood flow. And there's even moments where, so Jesus basically suffocated to death for us mm. because we wasted the breath that he gave us. And he, um, then on top of that, to prove that he actually died, one of the soldiers stabbed him on the side and water and blood came out showing mm. scientifically he would have died and they didn't have to break his legs because that's another thing that Romans would do. They would break the legs and the kneecaps of those being crucified so that they couldn't pick themselves up. So they suffocate faster. Yeah. So if you could think about all that and not, I haven't even talked about the fact that Jesus took on the wrath of God. Like we don't even know how to fathom that because there's a moment where Jesus says, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you imagine, like, I know we can't really imagine, but uh, imagine being in Jesus's shoes. Like he's been eternally with the father in relationship, love. He's one with the father. He's God. And he goes, he agrees with this plan to save humanity this way. But could you imagine that tight knit relationship all of a sudden severed and the person that you were close with looks at you and says, I don't know you, you deserve to die. Mm-hmm like all that Jesus went through for us, if you can look at that and not be moved, 
either you never trusted in Jesus or you got a severe problem going on. Yeah. That, that should change your whole perspective. Like Jesus literally took on the suffering and the pain and the death that you deserve for sin. And that should get you off your butt to love people, to love God. Um, really that that's the big thing for me that keeps me going is really re- being reminded of what Jesus did for me. And if, and I know you said being comfortable, but in reality, those, those, and I think we all get in this place, if we're honest with ourselves, it's mm. laziness. It really is. Like we, we just straight up get lazy. We don't, we end up getting a little selfish. Like this is my time. This is my uh, entertainment that I want to watch. I, I do with what I want with my time. Sure. I show up for a service, but I'm not doing anything with it. Sure, I sang some songs, but that's not what worship encapsulates. Like worship is your whole heart being devoted to God. Um, it's just laziness. And like, it's similar to, I would say like, if you're lazy in a marriage, your marriage is going to suffer. If you're lazy with your friendships, your friendships are going to suffer. Um, if you're lazy in your job, you might get fired. <laughs> if The great thing though about God is he's super gracious and faithful even when we're faithless, he's not going to just throw us away when we're being lazy, but we forget how our laziness can hurt others because we're not willing to step out of our selves, step out of our comfort zones to be there for people who are struggling. Yeah. And that's a really good point. And talking about the song coming through, it's it's a really anthem song. I listened to it. It's It's an anthem song and you're really just going in and I want you to react to a real-world quote from a hip-hop artist, 21 Savage. Right, so 21 Savage said, if I was a Christian artist, I would have no audience. How would you react to that in the context of your song and it being an anthem? Man, like, I've heard this quote before. I actually heard uh, another Christian artist call it out. I think it was Miles. Um but um he like the first thing i hear about that quote is bruh like there's people out there that would listen to your music that's an excuse like give the real reason why you don't want to do christian hip-hop music um i know i don't have the a million fans right now and half of that is um promotion half of that is how much money i have how much uh quality is in my music uh how many people it's been heard by because I know it's really easy to think, oh, I put it online, the world's going to hear it. That's mm. not true. <laughs> it's not. There's so much music in the world. It's so saturated online. Like, I'm just, it blows my mind that people in other places around the world have even heard my music before, like whether they become a fan or not. But then my other question, my other thought with that quote by 21 Savage is, what is your heart when it comes to music? Like, why are you doing it? Like if it's just business, if it's just money, I get it. But do you care about the people that you're doing business with? Like, do you care about your customers? Because I had a, well, I won't even go there, but um, like, let's say someone's business is whatever good you're selling. Hopefully you're selling it. Well, you're making money off of it and hopefully it's for the betterment of society. Um, Whether it's food or, medications or whatnot um music is another product we put out there 
but if your product is causing damage in people's lives, is it really worth it? Are you, are you willing to make a profit off of the suffering of, the, of other people? And I, it's the same question I would ask a drug dealer, to be honest. Like, sure, you might not be taking what you're doing, what you're selling, and you might be making some money, but at the same token, you're profiting over other people's misery. Yeah, and that's where I, where I want to sit here, right? And we have a lot of potential Christian artists who are held back by the financial aspect. And not even the fact that they can't make money or they can't monetize their content, but it's the fact that they feel guilty to as they're being a Christian. But as we're talking about artists like 21 and all these people, um, there's been a lot of negative energy in music and there's this whole debate where um games don't influence the minds of children or rap music doesn't influence the minds of kids and and that's just um separate because of their upbringing but i also do believe that some music does influence the the rowdiness of children some um games do influence the rowdy and i believe that there's so much negativity poured out that I believe by any means necessary, any Christian artist should promote their content so much so that they are at the level of these worldly artists and we can actually make a change. So what would you say to the artists, the young Christian artists who feels guilty in monetizing their content, even though monetizing their content will further on their career? What would you say to that person? Man, like the first thing scripturally, Paul says this in scripture, the worker is worthy of a wage. Paul makes a comment saying if someone preaches the gospel, they should be paid for it because they're bringing something good into the world. And now what I'm not advocating for is where prosperity preachers come in and they're like, oh, I'm preaching this good stuff. So that you, I deserve millions. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so you're doing it because of money. You're not doing it because you care about God and people. Like you, sh- I'll just keep it back to what you said about the artists, the, the small Christian artists, like it, because it's similar to someone who's a missionary, like you need funds to be able to push what you're doing to survive. You need yeah. funds to buy food. You need funding to get housing and shelter. So we need funds because we live in a world that is you, you get money for the amount of work you do. Uh, and then you take that money and trade that for the food or the housing you need or the clothes you need. And so we live in a very um, tra- transactional type world. And we need uh, to be able to have food and shelter and clothing and stuff like that, like the essentials, water. Um, so if you're providing a good in the world, the way that the Lord talks about it is that you deserve to be paid. Mm-hmm. Like you, you deserve some type, if you're putting in real work, you deserve to be, get real pay. And I know some like the thought that crosses, like I've had this thought and I think other people have had this thought. There's like this assumption that if you do something for God, you shouldn't get paid at all. Like your, your rewards should just be that you please God. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, like, but even for those in the secular world, what you're doing, you should be doing that to please God. Everything you should be doing should be to glorify God. So what if I came at you and said, hey, you're a plumber. How dare you do plumbing and fix people's toilets and stuff to get money from them? Yeah. You would argue I put in service. 
I worked. I, I, I did a good and I, I should be compensated for that good deed I did. And I would say yes, 100%. But now the question is when it comes to the gospel and your music, because this is another area that's kind of maybe talked about sometimes. There's probably some artists out there that are Christian artists that aren't doing it because they want to glorify God, but because they see a route to make money. Yeah. And I would ask, what is your heart? Like, is this something God's called you to do? If God's called you to do it, he will provide for you, whether that's to provide through the music, like you make money through your music, or if you have a different job and he provides you to be able to do what you do musically through that. Um, either way, God p- promises to have your back. And so the question shouldn't be, oh man, I, should I get paid? Should I be provided for? How about you let God do that for you? Mm-hmm. Like if God allows those doors to open up, um, how about you accept that money and you use 100% of that money according to the way God would have you use it? And, and here's a, a, another route. Some artists, some Christian artists genuinely start off like genuinely with the intentionality of being godly, of being of doing this the right way but then a couple dollars get involved and then more dollars get involved and it it eventually piles up and they have swayed away right and now they're 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 kind of doing it for god but they're also doing it for the bag they're also doing it for the money and it's like some artists some christian artists they now sway more to the money now so that is just in the conversation of boundaries how can we set healthy boundaries when it comes to making music, but also financially leading this new adventure of all this? Making music for God, but also financially like doing this. How can we set healthy boundaries to do that? Yeah, which is ironic you ask that because of the 21 Savage quote is, <laughs> I'm not going to make anything off of Christian rap yet. There's artists that do. <laughs> but um, anyway... Um, I think it, it's a matter of how how's your relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Like, because Jesus said you can't love both God and money. And you have to choose which one you love. And there, what I think it was Paul who said uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of it. And um, the question is, do you find your value and dependency on money or on God? And if you find it in money, you're going to have problems in your relationship with the Lord because it's like you're cheating on him. Mm. But if it's found in the Lord and you get a bag like that, you're going to be faithful with that. Mm. You're going to be faithful with your money, your resources, your time. It's really, it it might sound simplistic, but at the end of the day, the question is where's your love for God? Like, is your love, do you, are you loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Or are you giving him a little bit and loving money with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Mm. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be dead and that money's going somewhere else. And somebody else is going to own that money and your resources and your time. You're just called to manage and sewer whatever God's gifted you with. And the only thing that carries over into eternity are human beings. Yeah. So I would rather invest in something that's eternal rather than something that is just in this world, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I'd rather invest in people 
and see the fruit of that and be blessed by that rather than try to be a millionaire who never cared about anybody and happen to give my life to Jesus and then see a whole bunch of people that I had no impact on and be like, man, I made no impact in the kingdom. And that is a, is a very powerful thing. It's, it's affecting people. That That's really the most important. And it's not even in music. It's on in all fields of creativity that people are walking into. Even with this podcast, sometimes I, did, I get too caught up in like progressing the podcast, you know, with equipment wise and, and conversational wise that I forget all the people who have heard something and it kind of changed them and, and they appreciated that word that they received. And it's really about affecting people, you know, like you as, as a public speaker or as a rapper, as an artist, uh, you talented in anything, you're reaching out to the individual hearts of people. And we as artists, we forget that. We forget about that. That That is like, Forget the hundreds of thousands of people in the audience. Like touching one person is the is is very powerful. And we can get so caught up in building this system of what our dreams like we've dreamt about this. Like this is our life. Like we've dreamt about building this big thing, this big but we also have to remember all the people that we are affecting on a daily basis and that's the prime reason why we started this we didn't start this to be millionaires we started this because we saw an issue in somebody's life and we wanted to fix it you know and with that relating to your music how have you seen in your life like from starting your first song to right now how have you seen people's lives affected and how has that changed your life Oh man, like it's it's put me in positions to really pour into people. Um, I can't think of any specific off the top of my head to share right off the bat, but there's been moments of like I, I know I've come to see from other people telling me it's encouraging the other believers mm. to push more in their faith. Um, it, it's got um, people who aren't believers to have more of an open ear to the Lord. Um, and to the gospel. And also, it's also put me in position to be around people that I wouldn't have been around before because of my context, just where I'm at, whether it's because I go to a show and perform and I meet somebody I would have never met and I get to have a gospel conversation with them, a real life conversation with them. Um, whether I go out to Charlotte or Raleigh or wherever uh, the Lord takes me. And then even on Instagram, like I've had tons of conversations with people about all tons of different topics. And like, to be honest, if it wasn't for the Lord and ministry and music, I would not bother with social media like that. <laughs> and um, so a lot of it, like I've, I've seen God use it. And then also I've had to be reminded by God that I'm not going to see the fruit of all my work on this side of eternity. Mm. And I have to be okay with that, knowing that the Lord is working through it regardless. Because like people like Tripoli and Lecrae impacted my life, but they don't know that. Yeah. They don't know me personally. And so when whenever we're on that side of after Jesus comes back, uh, there'll probably be a time where I get to meet him. And if it's not on this side of eternity, but 
where we're probably going to be able to have time to meet and be able to share how it, they, they've impacted me, how God used them in my life. And I think that's going to be really cool to see how everything panned out the way it panned out. But again, the, for me, I have to, God has to often remind me mm. what's my motive for what I'm doing, because I could be as gospel centered in my music as possible, but be doing it with the wrong motives of wanting yeah. people to like me and be, uh, find me cool or like get affirmation that I'm okay. And that I'm a valuable person when in reality, it's just like, am I really at the heart of it? Am I doing it to build my kingdom or God's kingdom? That's true. Because my kingdom sucks and it's going to fall apart. <laughs> And in reality, when I trusted in Jesus, I sacrificed that to be a part of his kingdom. So why am I building a second kingdom? Um, so with that being said, like, and that goes with any artists and it doesn't go with just artists, but it can go to pastors. It can go to ministry leaders. It can go to people who are lawyers or teachers or doc, whatever you do, are you doing it to bring glory to God and build his kingdom? Or are you doing it for yourself? I honestly think that if we build our own kingdom, it will always fail. It will always fail. Like every time I try to do something with this podcast, that it was out of my, out of my mind, it, it never goes, it never goes the way I planned it to go. And you probably have the same experience in music. You probably had a song stuck in your head for years. And you, every time you try to get it down, it's like, nah, nope, it's not going down. Because <laughs> the Lord wasn't there. The Lord wasn't involved in that writing process of the song. And we love to um, build our kingdom. Because this is, again, these are our dreams. Like, these these are wishes as a nine-year-old kid. And, and now we can we can actually live this out, you know, and that's like that is really big for us. But also we have to remember, one, the people that we're affecting and how we're pouring into their lives. But we also have to remember, too, how is God involved in this? How is God getting praise and, and, and glory from this? And we have to take those two factors into mind every time we put out a song, every time we write or record or do anything. So we as artists are doing what we're doing right now, right? But I want to speak to that nine-year-old child. I want to speak to that nine-year-old person. I want to speak to that teenager who they don't know what their purpose is. Now, I want to really, like, re reinforce this question with the last question. How can younger people realize the people they are affecting is a big deal how can younger people put aside their dreams and wishes for 20 years into the future and realize that every single person they affect is worth it mm, that's really deep man um because i know a lot of times our upbringing has an effect on how we view how, what we do mm. um really like i think it's I, I don't want to sound corny, but it, it's really like I, I want them to know who Jesus is. Yeah. If you really know who Jesus is, he'll guide you to the life that you were made to live. And it might be rocky at times. It might be confusing at times, but that's life for everybody. Um, and there's a difference between a God thing and a good thing. Um, yeah. 
God might be like for me growing up, I always wanted to be a baseball player. And as you can tell, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Music was never something I ever considered doing in my life. Um, or like, as I'm doing it now, heck not following Jesus like I am now was never something I considered with my life. And, but I'm grateful that God had his hand on my life and that he has been directing me and guiding me because I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm more grateful that I'm walking with the Lord than I'm not walking with him and being a baseball player. Yeah. Um, like I'm grateful that I'm doing music and doing ministry and loving people. Uh, and that I get to do it for God because I've learned that God is the greatest treasure in my life. He's the greatest thing in my life and nothing compares to him. And I would never trade anything for him in the world. Even though I do have my moments of sin and temptation and I suck as a human being. Uh, but he, God, God's really the most amazing thing, period. He, he's our source of life. He's the creator. And for like that nine-year-old kid or however old teenager, whatever, like you're to really know your purpose at the end of the day is to have a relationship with God. Mm. And regardless of what the world tells you, uh, that, that, that's what you are made for. You are made to know God and represent him. And the only way we can do that is through Christ because of our sin. And then how that plays out for every individual is going to be unique and different. And it's a ride. Mm -hmm. It's a journey. So if it, things aren't going exactly as you planned, if you have a relationship with God, you have everything you were made for and what you need and could ever want. Just like uh, that Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack like Every, if the Lord is your shepherd, the one who's guiding you, leading you, and you're following him, you yeah. lack nothing. Mm, yeah. And I know that's kind of tough in our world, especially in our culture that pushes this idea that to be successful or valuable, you have to have money, popularity, power, sex, pleasure, all these things. But that's just humanity's way of trying to cover up the hole within that they're missing because they don't have God in their life true and our goal as believers should be trying to teach everybody and share the gospel with everybody like hey that that sin problem you have that emptiness in your soul that you have uh jesus made a way for that to be filled and your sin to be forgiven and he's calling you home calling you home to the father and so god's plan for your life is going to be way more exciting than you could ever plan but at the same token, don't have these internal expectations of what it's going to look like. Just enjoy the ride. Mm. Like just going on a roller coaster. Sure, you can see what it's going to look like. But if they told you every turn that it's going to take, it's probably going to make the ride less fun. True. Like half of the excitement of a roller coaster is you don't know what's coming next. You're just going along for the ride. And sometimes our walk with Jesus is a roller coaster. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And some areas in our lives, we feel as though we need to fill with like things that are not really godly. And I think 
that is a real conundrum when it comes to uh, like a really young artist who has dreams and they want to pursue this for the next 20 years and they want to change their life and want to make money and all this stuff comes and they start filling holes that if they just put Jesus in those holes, it would, it would change their life. They can pursue their dreams still. They can go on that path, but it's really just, following the narrative of the world when you're beginning because that's the only thing you see like if you want to be a rapper like if you want to if you want to genuinely do it for jesus though if you want to be a rapper you see the top rappers and you're like i got to be like that or if you want to be a painter and you're a christian you grew up in a christian household you want to do it for god but you look at the top painters i got to be like that and and it just it brings in the preconceived notion that i have to be like that to in order to be successful and that is like the main thing because hey there's no there's really no like we have a few of them but there's no christian representation of artists in different genres of art like we have a a few christian rappers cool we have a few maybe christian um painters and artists but really the main people that younger people are looking after is all the, the the Meek Mills and, and all these other people, the 21 Savages and all this other stuff. But if they just fill it with Jesus, it would change. And a lot of younger people don't know Jesus as well. So it's not as easy for them. So I want you to really speak on that. Like, how can I know read the Bible and, and all that stuff? That's like the physical stuff that we can do. But how can younger people tap in with jesus when the world is all they see like the world is all they know the world is all they come to how can they tap in with jesus like maybe like just um develop a a prayer time or um watch better movies and, and tv shows or like just doing stuff like that in your opinion how can they do those things and stay connected still with their purpose. I think another thing to add on to that is having a healthy community around you that are believers. That's the, yeah. Because a lot of times we don't, it's like um, if we're driving a car, you know, we have a blind side. That's why we have mirrors all around. And um, also it's why you need to turn your head to look at your blind side. But um, for the most part, you got mirrors to be able to look around and be safe. people in our lives are similar to that. They can see things around us and in us that we might not see and we need accountability Mm. or they might see something in us that we never thought. And they're like, Hey, I see this gifting in you. Why don't you exploit that or work on that? Um, so there's that, like having healthy community around you to encourage challenge rebuke and all that stuff. Like iron sharpens iron. Basically it makes you sharper as a human being. Mm. Um, but making time for the Lord is huge. Um, whether that's in the morning or in the middle of the day or at night, whether that's 10 minutes or an hour, like that you spend time praying and reading scripture and being still and allowing God to just use his word and his presence to just work on you yeah, and to grow you. Uh, and that's something like with the, how Paul talks about in scripture there's the acts of the flesh and there's the fruit of the spirit. Uh, and the acts of the flesh are things that we do. We, we sin, we make these mistakes, but the fruit of the spirit is only something that the spirit can produce in us. And so 
the way to get in a place to, for the Holy Spirit to produce healthy fruit in us is we have to be in healthy environments. Mm. It'd be weird for somebody to walk up on an apple tree and yell at the tree to grow the apples faster and healthier. <laughs> well, that's a lot of times how we view discipleship and how we view um, encouraging people or helping people by just yelling at them or giving them rules and stuff. When in reality, what we need is the right nutrients. We need the right environment, the right amount of sunlight, the right amount of te the temp right temperature uh, for that tree to really be healthy enough to grow and have healthy roots to have healthy fruit. And so for a believer, our roots are found in Christ and scripture. And then we got to put ourselves in position to apply his word, to be faithful to yeah. his word to um, be careful of what we're taking in. Like this is where it depends on each individual. Like I can watch movies at cuss and have uh, certain stuff and it. it doesn't bother me, but I'm not going to watch porn. So, because that's going to, that's going to affect me in a negative way. Yeah. That's going to hinder my roots and my fruit from growing healthy. And so having scripture in the Lord's presence, making time for that, having the right accountability, applying his word, fasting, praying, all these things um, puts us in the right environment to grow in the Lord. And if we're bearing fruit, if, if we're doing that, we're going to bear fruit. That's going to be a blessing to others. We're going to be loving the people, joyful around people, patient with people, et cetera. Um, so making sure you have that time to really spend with the Lord is crucial yeah like when we're talking about purpose getting connected with your purpose is all about you know seeing what's what's popping like what people are interested in and all this other stuff and normally young people go to all the worldly influences but how can we like bring god into that and also develop their purpose at the same time but doing it via the lord in, in their faith walk or their newer faith walk and, and all that it's important though i think if, if you're trying to pursue something if you feel led that god's calling you like let's say rap and god's calling you to rap yeah it would be wise for you to study who are quote unquote the legends of hip-hop regardless of their belief system mm -hmm. and what about them made them legends and like learn from them like i guess it's paying respect to the ogs type thing and like like being like learning what makes this craft what it is and gaining some insight about that from them but not to the point that you want to be them that's real and so i think I, with anything in life whether you're a teacher or if you're a hip-hop artist or if you're a pastor like you have people that are mentoring you whether they're specifically mentoring you or not and um, you're going to mimic some things at first of them. And you got to learn how to do it your way, that God, the way that God made you to do it. Yeah. And so I know for me, like, the first hip-hop artist I really listened to was Eminem. And he's a legend. Like, he's he's stupid good. But I've, I've learned over the last couple of years, I can appreciate his music without condoning his lyrics and condoning his message like i can appreciate his talent and be like he's an awesome artist mm -hmm. but i don't have to be like him in how he does his music 
Yeah. And so when it comes to now, if I'm doing this for the Lord, okay, I've picked up some qualities because in reality, every good gift comes from God. So the reason that Eminem is talented in the first place is God's gifted him with the ability to do music. Now, Eminem's not doing it for God and he's using it for himself. He's using it because that, for whatever reason, it's not, he's not doing it to glorify God. He's doing it for whatever reason he has. But I really believe that God has instilled talents into us to, to glorify him. But a lot of times we use it to glorify ourselves. Yeah. So you can, you can gain insight from those artists and learn because God gifted them with that stuff. And now how do you do that the way that God made you, wired you? What are some things that you can take away? Because you, you can't just say, I'm going to be a rapper and do country music. That doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then at that point, you're a country artist. So there are some things that you have limitations on what you can do to be a rapper. But at the same token, there's not limitations on your message, how you flow, what you do, what beats you choose and don't choose, um, the lyrics you choose to use. Like, so learning, and you can, there's even, I would even say that there's Christian artists that are legends too. Yeah. Learn from them too. And what's even better about them, you get to see how did they do it godly. That's true. And you can take some insights from them about how they did it. Like my personal favorite artist is Seven. I don't know if you've ever heard of Seven. He he used to be a part of uh, Bizzle's Got Over Money label. Mm. But um, he's been rapping for at least 20, some, a lot of years. But he, in my opinion, he's one of the best artists ever. Uh, lyrically, he's insane. His flow, his rhyme schemes... And also, he's not afraid to say things that are off the wall to get to get his point across. And he's very blunt, and he cares more about pleasing God than pleasing people. Uh, and he's very serious about his faith. And God has used him to really grow me in my faith in Christ. He's God's used him to convict me of uh, different things as I've tried to grow as an artist and what are my motives and stuff like that. And so... It doesn't have to be just the secular artists that mm -hmm. like an Eminem or 21 Savage or the baby or stuff like that. But there are probably some aspects you can look at what they do and be like, okay, that makes sense how they did that to get there. Um, I'm going to take some of that because every good gift comes from God. The stuff that's not sinful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to apply some of that and morph it and evolve it into what it needs to be for me. And coming down to the, the last question of this interview i just want to reiterate um you have released a new song coming through i want you once again to explain the song how how it was made what, what was the process behind it what is the what does it represent and how can this song affect change um this is a song that i got featuring zay hill and the beats by patrick mcmillan um and when I heard the beat, I really liked it. And as I was thinking about the lyrics for it, the phrase that came to mind was coming through. We're coming through. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking in the mindset of the church, we're coming through to spread the good news, to be there for people to put in work in this world. 
and it kind of became more of like a catchy anthem type thing. And my heart behind the song is to one inspire believers to be like, yeah, we're, we're about doing work for the kingdom. Like we're about spreading the gospel. We're about helping people and caring for people. And also to give non-believers a perspective of what the church is really supposed to be like and why we're like it. Mm-hmm. And like, as I say, in my verse to summarize it, the re- the heart behind it all as the church is because Jesus died for us to save us. And he rose from the dead to bring us life. That's and true. so he did that awesome thing. Why would we not want to live for him and help people if he's done that for us? So I thank you once again for coming on the JXW podcast and really just explaining this song. Um, if you guys out there want to follow this amazing artist, I will put all links in the description of all platforms that you're listening to this podcast on. You can follow him, get connected. Um, and if you are a musical artist, I would encourage you guys to like get connected in and do features you know like really we're building a community of artists and and people who are talented in what they do through christ like this is all godly stuff and we need to commune with each other and like really get active and and really put a message out there that the world just needs to hear so thank you once again mike pino for being on the podcast no problem man appreciate it